When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Galactic Actually. I am Jamie Smith and joining me as always is my co-host. A. Diallo Jackson. And today we will be talking about the episode we have been waiting for. Collaborators. (laughs) Season 3, episode 3. No, that's wrong. Season 3, episode 5. Yeah, 5. Um... Yeah, so I don't know if everybody has been waiting for this one as long as I have. <laughs> <laughs> I also forgot that it just hits the ground running with these executions. Yeah. Uh, so it's we. A... Oh, well, before we open, um, have you been looking forward to this episode as much as I have? Um, I mean, I I've been looking forward to it more from like it's actually one of the better episodes in my view just uh it i don't know it means a lot it's like a really really good epilogue to the cat new caprica story arc Mm -hmm. and and it's and it's also just really fun to see jammer get his so (laughs) (laughs) i already know the graphic i'm going to use for the uh the episode (laughs) when i put it when i when i put it up so is it him flying out the airlock uh no it's just it's him crying oh okay (laughs) yeah so we open on this situation jammer has been scooped up by this group of people they are calling themselves the circle and this circle is nothing like the netflix (laughs) show the circle which is a just a delightful (laughs) show that i adore and everyone should watch (laughs) this circle consists of selix connor ty anders chief and barrelay and selix reads these charges to jammer that he carried arms for the enemy carried out multiple raids against the human population and during one raid 23 people were killed by you and your men during the assault on the temple of artemis now how many temples did they have this isn't this is this the same temple as from the like it's obviously a different a different raid yeah i didn't uh i kind of noticed that like uh, like when they said the raid on the temple, I was kind of confused or wondering if it was like from the, the what do you call it? The, uh, the, web the webisodes. Yeah, but I didn't really pay attention. I mean, it yeah. definitely can't 
be the same raid because Jammer wasn't that that was before Jammer got scooped up by uh Doral. Mm-hmm. So Jammer denies this, and Connor is having none of this shit. His kid was in this temple, so he's not backing down on his you know, guilty verdict. Um, Celix calmly tells him or lets him know that the circle has found him guilty and he cries that he was just trying to help people. And Ty's like, you didn't do a very good job. <laughs> 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 and Anders is like really over all of this. Jammer repeats that he helped people and he turns to Chief to tell him that he helped Callie. He let her go. He told her to run, which is true but he also did all the other stuff and that like my thought was that one one thing you did right doesn't make up for the rest of it which ty agrees with me <laughs> and he's like chief does that does him helping callie make up for all the other dead people and Connor is like, there are 23 people in this temple. Some of them are kids. My kid. So Chief tries this other tactic, and he leans in really close, and he quietly asks Jammer if he did this. And Jammer says, it was crazy down there, Chief. And he stammers about making decisions quickly and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sorry. No, no. You did not make any snap decisions here, dude. You were promised a farm and a family or some bullshit, everything you could <laughs> dream of, and you fucking chose this. So and some soda, yeah, some, some nice radioactive juice. juice, some purple stuff. And so <laughs> Chief is like, turns to to Ty and is like, "No, it doesn't." And so they're like, "All right, you know, the sent his sentence has been." Or is read by Celix, and they all walk away, leaving him in the airlock. And Anders says something about, like, there's just too much talk. And Jammer yells out that he's sorry. And that was, like, the first time I actually believed him. That first mm -hmm. sorry. But then the other ones, when he's, when he's in the airlock by himself and they're, like, at the window, at the controls. Like, Chief can't watch. Celix actually looks a little sad. And... and you know, Jammer's crying and saying he's sorry, and then they hit the button, and he flies out the airlock. And Connor cries about his son, and Barelay leaves him away, and Anders is like, this isn't what I signed up for. But what did you think it was, my guy? <laughs> you are you are so anti-Jammer. Uh, I am, <laughs> but also, like, but seriously... <laughs> What did he think this was? What did Anders think this was? Like, you know, later on when Zarek is talking about, you know, why he gave them permission to do this. They're rooting out people they find to be traitors. And, like, they're not giving them a, a trial. They're not giving them defense lawyers or anything. They're passing mm -hmm. judgment themselves. And based on their laws traitors get killed what did anders think this was going to be yeah i mean 
And this isn't in a necessarily in a defense of of his uh, change of uh, you know pace or whatever. Like he signed up for this, but you know, as I was you know watching this episode for the first time, actually thinking about it critically, <laughs> actually, hear me out <laughs> for a second. Just for a second, I thought, oh, poor Jammer. Because I thought about, like, like how the episode ends. And um, there's, like, a sense of, like, oh, man, like, he actually could have been, you know, forgiven. But but then I I, like, I kind of turned back on that because I, I started thinking about it more, a little bit more. And there's, like, this, there's this kind of, like, intersection between what we know as the viewer and what like they know and then like the overall like murkiness of the of the the morality of what these people are doing and in the case of jammer like he actually is guilty guilty right Mm -hmm. like um so it's like we saw him make the choices and so i'm confident that he deserves getting what he gets um but like there, there are other characters that don't get that same consideration but we also don't see them so we are less likely to judge right right um so but like with with anders it's like i think this episode is really exploring this idea of like as much as they say it's not about vengeance it's obviously about vengeance yeah right and it gets every like it's and i never really yeah i never really realized this before but it's like everybody there was the resistance they were like the leaders of the resistance Mm -hmm. that were doing this so it wasn't like you know and you know so like maybe anders and i have you know i have some thoughts on anders um as we go through the episode but like like maybe anders like you know kind of is that that human nature says yes i want to get vengeance but then after he's going through it he starts to be like, oh, this isn't necessarily what I thought it would be, or it doesn't make me feel the way I thought I would feel. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, um, I agree with so... that. That like we don't know how many of these. Uh, okay, so Lee says like thirteen people, right? Mm-hmm. So they've before they get to Gata, they have they have carried out thirteen of these, and those people have disappeared. So we know they have disappeared out of airlocks. And 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 maybe like Anders says later to Kara, he just wants to find a way to stop killing people. Maybe. So yeah, I get it. But when he says this isn't what I signed up for, not I can't do this anymore. Like I can't is it, is a different statement than this isn't what I signed up for. So that's what that's what I'm questioning is what I really like wonder like what he thought the the judgment would be the sentence would be i get where he's coming from i would not be comfortable you know hate jammer and all this all of that aside i would not be comfortable with murdering a bunch of people mm-hmm. out of you know call and calling it justice because you know Rosalind is right mm-hmm. that is not justice this is not justice this is vengeance and you know i Vengeance is always fun to watch on television, but I would, I personally would struggle <laughs> with carrying it out, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, Anders, like, just struck me. Like, I know we're coming into, like, the tail end of how he's feeling about this. We're, we didn't see how he reacted to the prospect at the beginning, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. And 
Ty is interesting, and we'll, I'm sure, discuss more about him throughout this, but he's in, he's got an interesting take on it where he seems, like, not gleeful. He just seems very, like, yep, guilty, out of here. And then we'll turn around and be like, look, this isn't a game. You know, I stood next to this guy for four years. This is not an easy decision. Like, he seems like he's all in and then we'll be, have this, like, moment of reservation of, like, it doesn't make me feel good. I'm doing what's, what has to be done mm-hmm. because what these people did. But, you know, it also is, a, I mean, it's, he, this is a, a very, very interesting Thai episode. Yeah, no, it really is. He, uh yeah. He he delivers uh, in the in the scenes in this one and then a little bit later, um, he had noticed how quiet he is in those scenes, like everybody else is kind of moving around and um, they're acting by speaking. But he delivers and conveys so much just by the looks he gives. And it's so well done again with one eye, yeah. which is great. Um but yeah, I just I mean, that was that's my thing. Like it's it's not I I it's like I think that this is another exercise. This this episode is just another ex- exercise in like exploring all of the different like emotions that and acknowledging all of these impulses that we would go through. And so Anders like signing up at first like he might have been like yeah, like it makes sense, but you know, um he spent his time in the resistance and then he escapes and gets dropped right into the midst of another one. Mm -hmm. And so I can see how he would like come to that conclusion. Um, And another thing that's noteworthy is like, it's only been three days since they left New Caprica. So it is pretty fresh for all of them. And so for him, I can see him just kind of going along with it. But then, Again, being confronted by like the face of it, literally the face of it. Yeah. Like even if even though Jammer is guilty, we know he's guilty. Still seeing like you said, like even you said, you like you actually believed him when he said he was sorry, and like when he's crying, like he, I feel, I believe that he said he he was sorry, mm-hmm. right? And so they they're kind of getting confronted with that stuff, and there's just like an ickiness to it, and we all like, you know comic books especially are built on the idea of vigilantism um but it's like in real life like we don't like that's not what we do right. you know and so this is a whole like exploration of that so yeah like i i just you know for here's me speaking up for your boy <laughs> i'm not i'm not against <laughs> him like i understand too where he's like there's too much talk going on because i think it's easier for them to pass the judgment without hearing from the person they're passing judgment on so there's Mm -hmm. all this talk with jammer where you know he's like it was crazy down there and you make these snap decisions and like what was i supposed to do i think that just for for anders just makes it a little a little bit harder Mm -hmm. and you know he does and, and like we also have to remember like we've seen anders like you said on on new caprica and on caprica being the leader of this resistance but this dude's just an athlete he's not a soldier he didn't grow in he didn't like grow up in a a military situation he didn't this isn't what he does so i think now that like he can rest he's like i don't i'm tired of killing people 
Right. And again, and like you brought up a really great point there, because then I think that's why part of why he is sort of like the morality of it. Like he he like he hasn't signed up for this code or this brotherhood that the everybody else there except for Connors, who Connors is like clearly there for his son. Right. Um, but everybody else is a part of the military that's giving out these orders. So they it, it makes more sense for them to kind of like, you know, justify it in their own way but for but for anders he's just kind of like yeah i'm he's like a guy that was all this stuff was thrust on him but like now like you said the war's over now he wants to kind of go back to i guess whatever his his life is which that's not going to work out but (laughs) he doesn't know that in this moment (laughs) yeah no i was just i was just talking about like with him in starbuck like let alone anything else but yeah yeah. well i was just talking about him in starbuck um so after this chief goes and finds callie laying on a cot in this crowded like i don't know if it's the hangar bay or whatever like there's a lot of refugees on the galactica and i like that they do this where there there were a lot of ships that got lost Mm -hmm. probably primarily when gina set off that nuke but there may be ships from the surface that didn't end up getting to take off we don't know Mm -hmm. there are fewer ships but there's still all these people and like we do learn that they left you know probably a thousand people or so behind but they are still trying to figure out where all these people are going to go so Callie's sleeping on this cot in this crowded area and Chief asks her, like he takes the baby and whatever, and he asks her if someone let her go free when she was at with the trucks and she's like, what? No. And, what? No? Okay. <laughs> like, my notes say don't make me defend Jammer. <laughs> fucking Callie and then she's like oh wait yeah someone did set me free and told me to run I haven't thought about that since it happened you haven't thought about it since it happened someone (laughs) the fuck is wrong with Callie is she She mentally not all there yeah, and that that scene was so like it, it was like she was playing it almost like she was drunk or something, but like obviously she was supposed to still be sleepy or something. It was weird. It was, they played it really weird, but yeah. I just oh my. <laughs> I ha- Someone saved my life. I haven't thought about it since it happened. I just. <laughs> Oh my god. I think your I think it's your hatred of Callie outweighs I your think hatred. This of is the moment that started my hatred <laughs> of Callie. I have to be honest. Like I do think that this was the moment. Like she shot Boomer and I don't like that, but I understood her motivation. Yeah. This I was like, oh like there's something <laughs> wrong with you. You're like so self centered that you haven't thought about the fact that someone saved your life a day ago. Okay. Well, let me, let me come to her defense just a little (laughs) bit. Okay. Maybe it didn't quite like, obviously she should, she shouldn't have been like, uh, I didn't remember till now, but 
the impression it would have made on her would would be different. Like the impression it made on her is different because, like, if she knew it was Jammer, then that would then that would that would have been a thing that would have been like solidified, right? But it was just like in her instance, even though she should have recognized his voice and everything, it like there was it was like this nameless face that kind of like let her go, you know. But someone so maybe that's... did let her go. <laughs> Right, no, I'm dead. What I, I just, I guess, what I'm saying is, it's like you know, if like if a random person helps you do something, like you fall, right, and a random person on the street helps you get up, you're like, thank you, and you kind of move on with your day. But like, if you fall and then like someone you know and is significant to you helps you get up, you just you like you remember that a little bit more because you you're that's like a you know, it's like a recognition and everything uh, that goes along. That's all. That's all I'm saying. If, like, I, if I, I, I agree. <laughs> if I fall off of a curb into the street and someone pulls me up because a bus is gonna hit me, and I don't know them, when I tell that story to my friends later or my boyfriend, I'm like, I fell and somebody, actually, some stranger just helped me up. I, I would have died. I remember that. It doesn't matter that I don't know them. So she's captured by the Cylons. She's zip-tied. There's all these people. And I understand. Like, it was a crazy situation. Like, the Centurions or whatever. But someone cut your wrists free and told you to run. And you haven't thought about it since. Yeah, no. I Like I said, it was weak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, like... Uh, like I said, I think the whole thing was like played weirdly. <laughs> yes, it's written weirdly, <laughs> it, and it's she definitely plays like I, I maybe she doesn't know how to play like sleepy, but yeah, I do yeah, think that this played... is that I I was I was starting to find her annoying on the in new the new Caprica stuff, but. I think mm-hmm. this was the moment where I my brain like shifted and I stopped liking Callie all because I did at the beginning when I remember watching this I really liked her and I think this is the moment where I was like what the fuck is wrong with her and <laughs> like what is what is wrong with her <laughs> oh man that's so funny I you know it's uh yeah <laughs> so she goes back to sleep and Chief. Sister with the baby looking guilty because he just killed his friend. But I, I hope that that guilt doesn't linger, Chief, because that, that dude was a traitor. Uh, and we go to credits. It was, I mean, you know, just from a from a storytelling and like kind of production standpoint, like, I mean, it was a pretty big deal to like kill Jammer. And, you know, because he's like this he's this character that we know right so um it's like it it was like you don't really see that on other tv shows like to the way that they did it right like on other shows it would have been like the the at towards the end of the episode and it would have built up to that but he's just sort of like like at the beginning they're sacrificing yeah on on other shows it would have just been the gata stuff yeah, like we wouldn't yeah. have seen any of the other executions that they carried out. We we would hear that they were doing this, but the only one we would have experienced was Gaeta and in Gaeta not ending up getting sacrificed because, you know, the truth of what he did to help came out. 
so yeah, yeah. like in in that respect, so then it, it, it's really brave of them to be like, here's a character you've seen since season one. Yeah, like, yeah, he's not a central character, but he's like you know we're familiar with him, and even though we know he's guilty, you still have a little bit of connection, so you feel it a little bit more when he. Whether you're like f that guy or like oh that's so sad like you feel it yeah. right and that and that and it definitely is smartly done the way they do it because it circles back to a character that we actually really do like um, yeah. that we know is for the most part innocent um, you know it would be like it would be like on Friends if like they decided that they were going to execute Gunther or something <laughs> and it's like <laughs> poor Gunther <laughs> poor Gunther. <laughs> Is <laughs> you know he's like he's a guy that we see every once in a while. He has a couple of lines, but like he just he's never like central to anything. But it's like all of a sudden, if you're like getting rid of him in a in a dramatic way, you're like, oh, that would be a twist on Friends. Wow, <laughs> yeah, dark a dark twist. If it was the writers of uh, Seinfeld, maybe uh, in the finale. <laughs> All right, so when we come back from the credits, we're on Colonial One, and Admiral Adama is saying that in his opinion, it wasn't his fault. And Ty has both eyes, and he says it was an impossible situation that he probably, and he probably would have done the same thing. And then Rosalind says, well, if that's the way it has to be, then that's the way it has to be. <laughs> and then we see that they're all talking to Baltar when she says, no hard feelings? And he's like, Oh, no, none at all. The mistakes were made, but it's time we move on. And behind him comes Caprica. And she's like, they're fools. And you betrayed them. And he's like, they can't hear you. And she like flips around and is like, don't make me angry, Gaius. And then Adama's like, you wouldn't like her when she's angry. And (laughs) the faces that James Callis makes here <laughs> when he r- realizes that Adama can hear him. He doesn't yet know that he's dreaming are incredible. Yeah. I would, I, I need a gif of these faces. So <laughs> anyone can make that gif for me. I need a, I need a gif of the faces that James Callis makes here. They're just chef's kiss. What an actor. And then Rosalind comes over and she takes off his glasses and she says that she's always wanted him. And he's like, oh, no, this is a dream, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Poor guilty conscience of Baltar who's still propping himself up in his dreams. Yeah, I love that his dream, even his dream is an ego filled, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) Every- you love like oh yeah you oh you really want me that's what you really want yeah like jesus christ that guy but also like you know she when she leans in to kiss him he wakes up on the base star but i i really want to psychoanalyze this dream because like yeah like we're gonna be armchair therapists here he clearly is craving the acceptance and I don't know, admiration of Ty and, and Adama. He wants mm-hmm. he wants their he wants them to appreciate him. Is that the right word? He wants their Yeah, that he wants I, them to like him. Right, yeah. yeah. So we've got Adama who's just like, 
oh, it wasn't his fault. Like, everybody's absolving him. Like, Rosalind, what Rosalind said I find to be the weirdest, because she's like, well, if that's the way it's got to be, that's the way it's got to be. Like, what are you, weird phrase. In the, I think as as scripted, it actually was her, like, and right but instead of kissing him, she, uh, she held a gun to his head and shot him. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, yeah. And, but I can't remember if, like, why they changed that. I don't know if it was something on the set or, Mer- or the director said, oh, what if you kissed him? I can't remember what they said. But, yeah, so it was actually scripted a little bit harsher than wow. it was played out on screen. But This yeah. feels a little truer it, to Baltar. Yeah. Baltar's it, brain. Actually, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, this, like, it's who he, maybe that's why they were just like like i said like even in his dream it's like this his ego on full display and um and may you know maybe like if you know armchair armchair <laughs> it's like it doesn't even necessarily have to be that there is a any sort of attraction sexually between him and um between him and Rosalind, but it's sort of like the the summation of like what you were talking about the admiration that he wants from everybody maybe like in regard to her maybe that's what it how it how it would be affected right so um it's not so much that he thinks she wants him but it's just like yeah but like that's how a woman would show me she right it's accepted me or appreciated me it's kind of how how Baltar thinks of women in yeah, a way yeah, yeah, that they yeah. are sexual objects mm-hmm. um, and he's so charming and so handsome that of course she wants him too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I don't remember what my reaction was. I mean, it's a very short scene, so it's not like it lingers there and we're like, what's going on? It's like kind of obvious that it's a dream, especially when you see that Ty has both eyes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we know from previous episode that he didn't go with them. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, yeah, just like, like you said, is it the way, I don't know, it's just the way it was set up. Like even like the first shot of it, you're kind of like, uh, this isn't actually happening yeah yeah it's all of them standing there and like caprica comes caprica comes in but she's wearing a red dress so it's we know that caprica six doesn't dress like head six or even like she dressed when she was on caprica you know Mm -hmm. she's different now yeah so then we get our first look inside this base star and it's you know these blue and bright white lights and this red moving band that moves like the centurion's red light on their helmets uh baltar is naked and has been sleeping on a chaise lounge he wanders around and finds a robe and he turns around and there's a centurion standing there I don't know what I expected the inside of the base star to look like, but I remember just being fascinated by like how cold it is. This one piece of furniture, like there's nothing like 
if these Cylons want to be more human, they don't live very human. Yeah, they, so in the, you know, from a, like a production standpoint, especially in the commentary, he talks a lot about that, like the, the set. And there is a lot of discussion about what it would look like, right? And, um, and this is my, like my memory from back in the day when he talked about this too, was just how basically there's like sort of like two things. There's like, there's an expectation because they're like Cylons that these sets would have to look more sci-fi than like the sets that we have from, like when I say sci-fi, I mean like science fiction, not like sci-fi, the TV, uh, state network. Um, but like. Um, so there's like, there's that. So just because they're Cylons, it just would have to look more like what we envision science fiction interiors to look like. But he said he didn't want it to be so slick that it was like basically like Star Trek, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so they, they have hints of it being slick, but it's in this real minimalist way. And I think that they went with the minimalism because they also kind of what you were saying a little bit more a little bit before just about how you're really intrigued and he was just like yeah like kind of like no matter what we did it would never look as cool (laughs) as what people envisioned (laughs) so they kind of went with this and you know in a kind of in-universe way it actually says a lot because it shows you that the Cylons are like as much they they want to be humans but they they still have this like coldness to them mm-hmm. and they're still trying to learn what that is all about and so their interiors actually make sense um yeah totally yeah i i don't know where they got that chase lounge from <laughs> because they're not wizards so they can't just like whip something up like this guy needs a bed they could have just Maybe left have... him on the floor replicators or something i don't know know. uh the next scene we have anders waking up in his (coughs) sorry anders waking up in his bunk and he sits up and he finds starbuck going through her stuff um she says it was stuff that she had in storage she didn't think she'd ever see this stuff again he tries to pull her to him and or he pulls her to him and then he tries to kiss her and she like pulls away and tells him not to and this is our first um look at them together since they got back to the Galactica and our first indication that uh, Starbuck everything that she's gone through she is not letting Anders in on it Mm -hmm. has she told him yet who Casey is (laughs) is he still is he still wondering (laughs) no one knows (laughs) (laughs) she kept it to herself (laughs) yeah so okay then we're actually on colonial one and Rosalind is addressing Zarek as Mr. President and we get the breakdown of their plan in three days the new quorum of 12 will be sworn in he will nominate her as his vice president and then as soon as she's sworn in he'll resign she questions why he's doing all of this without a fight and asks him what he wants. And he says that like, basically the Admiral has made it clear that he won't support Zarek as president. And they both know that the fleet would be hard to govern without the military support. But what he doesn't want is to be on the outside anymore. He wants to be 
in the room where it happens, a room where it happens. <laughs> <laughs> she commends him for standing up to Baltar and putting his, you know, life at risk uh, or almost dying for it. So she offers him the VP position, just like Aaron Burr, sir. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> back on Galactica. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, please. It, it's going to make me cry just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> back on Galactica, Gator enters the CIC, which is still a mess. And I, I appreciate this. Like, this goes back to the, what you're always bringing up about how, you know, they actually don't just snap everything back into, you know, status quo. Like, we're seeing things like this ship has been through a lot. I guess on the outside of the ship, we see that there's damage and stuff. I I never notice that stuff, but um, I appreciate the attention to detail. So there's still, like, you know, electrical shit is sparking and nothing is working right. Um, But Ty sees Gaeta and is basically like, fuck no, get this traitor out of here. And Hilo says that Gaeta is there on the Admiral's orders to help them get their communications back up and running. And Ty, who's clearly drunk, snarks about how, like, oh, as long as you can get your phones fixed, then I guess we can ignore what this guy did down on New Caprica. <laughs> Gaeta... That's a good, that's a good time for <laughs> actually. That, it really is. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, like that cadence that he has. <laughs> <laughs> I really love Michael Hogan's performances. Yeah. Um, no, he's great. Gaeta is doing his best not to engage, but Ty demands that he looks at him. He says he lost something back on New Caprica. The silence took it from him. Maybe Gaeta can help him find it. Do you know where my eye is? <laughs> Gaeta does not. <laughs> he didn't know anything about this at which Ty will not believe but he Baltar didn't know that Ty had been tortured and his eye was taken either so Gaeta how would Gaeta mm-hmm. um, Adama steps in to put a stop to this and tells everyone to get back to work and he pulls Ty away telling him that he needs Ty to get some rest and Ty's like I am, I'm good I'm ready to go and then Tells him to let Hilo know that he's still the XO on this ship. Although he does not say Hilo. He calls him a toaster lover. Which is not nice, Ty. Um, yeah. Is he still the XO? Uh, yeah. So according in the deleted scenes I from the previous episode, I feel like there was like this quick scene where everyone was demoted and everyone was put back in place. But they never had that, so I guess we can assume that Hilo is still the ex. I don't. I don't really know. Um, again, it's only been three days, also. Yeah. So, um, Hilo's been doing that at least for the last year and four months. Yeah. So it wouldn't just be like he just kind of drops out of the role. Well, Dama tells Ty that he's embarrassing himself and to go sleep it off. And Ty leaves, muttering that he's not going to forget. Everybody else can forget. Not going to forget. Well, it, it's a, this scene's actually interesting to me because, like my like even in my notes, I was like, yeah, he seems like seemed like they were playing it like he was drunk. Ty, I think, yeah, um, I, that's what I thought. So he was drunk. Yeah, 
Gazang and he's like sleeping off or whatever. But, you know, when I was listening to the commentary, Ron Moore was like, I mean, I think that was the intention, but um, he, they actually made it so that Hogan, I think Michael Hogan was in kind of insistent on the fact that it wasn't just like him being drunk. And that was sort of like, because if he was drunk, it's like you can excuse it and blame it on something. But in this, it like, if it's just him being him, it's a little bit more like a touch of him being out of pocket, but also really understand like why he would be completely angry. Yeah. 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 I mean, from his perspective and especially like the things we hear him say about Gata later, like he truly thinks that Gata like was full on collaborator. Mm -hmm. Um, and he has no reason to think otherwise based on what they saw on the planet. So, yeah, uh, Rum War, he says, like, sort of like imagine, I can't remember the name, whatever Hitler's right hand man is, um, Hitler's chief of staff Goebbels? or whatever. Goebbels? Uh, no, it wasn't Goebbels. It was somebody, it was somebody else, he said. I can't remember the name. It sounded very like English. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he said, like, imagine this person and, um, you know, from your perspective, you would like, yeah, he was right there. Like you said, in the room where it happened <laughs> all yeah. the time. Right. So so you would just assume that he was dirty. But like, you know, yeah. in this case, there's a lot more underneath the surface so that, you know, if we're lucky, we'll find out. Right. And there's a whole element that he also talks about about luck and just the luck of even like Gata being spared versus Jammer not and the other people that um were executed I'll say versus uh the ones that get forgiven mm -hmm. you know just an element of luck and timing yeah. yeah so back back with the circle they're passing judgment on someone for carrying arms for the enemy Anders asks how many more of these they have, and Barillet answers there's 57 and they have three days to do it. Connor just wants to consider everyone guilty, but Ty slams his head into the table and says that they're not thugs, and this is about justice. Then they open the next file, which is Gato's. The charges are collaborating with the enemy and crimes against humanity. Ty says he doesn't want to do this and reminds them that he stood next to Gato for four years in the CIC and he likes him. But he was chief of staff for Baltar, and that's enough to convict, convict him. Anders thinks that they have no real evidence against Gaeta, which Chief agrees, and says that they need something specific. Ty thinks that Gaeta was the brains behind the opera. Okay, so here it's Ty. He's going a little bit far. He thinks that Gaeta was the brains behind the operation, and basically is saying that Baltar is just an empty suit. Gaeta did the paperwork and approved the death lists. Chief doesn't think so, and I agree with him. Even though I know, I've I know that Gated didn't. Like, but like, on, in ha, it's a stretch. Uh, why would Gata be the one approving the death lists uh, under any circumstances? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a literal stretch, but I think it just speaks more to uh, Baltar's disgust and um, you know. He, he the incompetence he actually believes uh baltar rather than like what and then also just and he's also just been like frack gata 
like yeah. he just you know he he's like look, looking anyone's gonna catch trees right now and so, so is, he's got a lot of stuff to is this a, is this commentary on bush being a puppet for cheney because we can all look I back mean, and say, and even at the time, we didn't have to look back. We could all see Cheney was the brains behind that operation. He was obviously the one that was making decisions and, and you know, making things happen. And Bush was the one who, you know, got the credit or, you know, he was the president. So he was the one who everybody was thinking things was the one doing things, but really it was all coming a lot of it. Most of it was coming from Cheney. Is this, is this sort of like a slight allegory of that? Like Baltar's not, he, you know, he might be smart, but he's not like politically smart. And Gaeta is, you know, smart in a, in that kind of way. Yeah. I mean, I, if there is that there, I don't think that it's, it's intentional. I like, I, I just really, I think the characters stand up enough on their own to make all of those points. And so like with Baltar, like he, like he, he is that highly intelligent, but fragile ego that definitely has demonstrated that he doesn't, I mean, there's even scenes I think before where, um, earlier earlier where he gets confronted about ty kind of being like you're gonna you know you're the president or whatever you're gonna be the president or you're a second in line or whatever and just kind of like not really thinking that he has what it takes to actually be in control um there was probably rumors of how much he was womanizing and you know and that kind of stuff when they were on uh new caprica the the, the what did what did uh Gata say the trail of interns whatever um (laughs) so it's like you know and then like he actually and it's actually in a in a way it's a backhanded um endorsement of what he actually thinks gata is capable of which he actually hold he probably like he says like for four years he held gata in high esteem Mm -hmm. i mean gata is the backbone of the cic yeah so he like he just is probably like yeah like all of these things happened from his perspective um, you know, like he just, he didn't, he didn't actually see the day to day or inside what was happening, but from the outside, that's what it, it appeared to him. And he already thinks gate is like this kind of like, you know, super mastermind, whatever he is. And so he, like, he just like one, like he kind of adds it all up and he's just like, yeah, there's no way Baltar could have done all this stuff, but you. Right. And then again, it's not rational either. So it's not like it was reasoned out how he came to this conclusion, but it's just sort of like, again, he's, he's kind of like flailing, like all of them are kind of like flailing to find something, Mm -hmm. except for Anders, who is like, has already come to that conclusion of like, nah, I need to let this go, you know? Yeah. Anders says that this is all circumstantial um, and they vote and everyone but chief votes guilty, except for Anders. Also, Anders doesn't vote. He says he's done with this and he leaves. Uh, Connor's like, well, majority rules. And Chief says, no, it has to be unanimous. They have to have six votes. And Ty agrees. We go back to the base star. And three is visiting Baltar. Or Deanna. He's confused about um, all of this and asks how long he's been there. And she says three days. And he gets all like... 
he gets all balter about it. It's like, it's taken you three days to remember that I'm here. And she's like, no, we've been trying to decide what to do with you. And he wonders what that means. And she says that he's a human and there will always be a question of his value. And he's like, well, I gave you Sharon's child. And she's like, you did. And that was a sway. But we're deadlocked. Three to three with the deciding vote being with the sixes. So I'm sure as she leaves that he's like, I've got this in the bag if it's the sixes. Yeah. I have a question. Mm -hmm. And there's no real like... It doesn't really mean anything, but um, do you think that this is uh, the same Deanna from like you know the previous episodes, or is this the, just happens to be a three model that I enters think it? this is the one that he gave the baby to? Okay, yeah, I think that she because she's also the one who says you can come with us, you've earned that. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that this is all that Deanna, which is the one who Caprica killed on New Caprica. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just try to get a read on her characterization in that scene, how she enters with the dress and, like, you know, yeah. is kind of being seductive. And it seemed radically different from even the character we saw at the end of the last episode. Yes. And how she's been characterized in other ones. And I, But then as we move forward, obviously, I know... I know you know, there's some stuff goes down, but I, I couldn't remember like how it was, how specifically how it played out. Yeah, no, so. I, I don't, I don't think that this was a, a different three, but they don't tell us one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we have Lee visiting his father and he mentions a rash of missing persons reports. These are different than the people that got left behind on the planet. These are people that were known to have made it back to the ships like Jammer. And Adama's like, I just saw him yesterday. And Lee's like, yeah, but he hasn't been seen since. It's like he vanished. And Adama asks how many are missing, and Lee tells him 13 as of today. Adama tells him to keep him posted on any more missing people. And then there's this conversation about Lee going to work out and how much weight he's lost in three days. He's lost, yeah. <laughs> he's lost I literally, I... half a stone. <laughs> Which I looked up is seven pounds. So I, 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 I go ahead. No, I just like I wrote that. Like I always remember that line, but then I was just like, wait a minute, it's been three days. I never really realized it was three days until I really was paying attention to this. And I was like, wait, is he saying that he lost half a stone in three days? Or yeah, yeah. like you could interpret it to mean like you know, you know the prior to that but but nah none of us believe that <laughs> my notes ask if he had a colonic if he is starving <laughs> himself uh i said you don't lose that much from exercising that fast or maybe you do i don't know i'm lazy <laughs> <laughs> And Adama is not nice about this. There's a lot of fat shaming going on here. And he tells him to just keep jumping. Yeah. I mean, I laughed, but it also was like, that was not nice. Yeah. Adama's <laughs> not a good dad. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, it's actually kind of funny. Like, he, and this is kind of related to the deleted scenes with him with um, 
with Kat, the previous episode, where Kat doesn't think that he knows her name. Um, right. And then, like, and then, like, Lee is like, hey, there's this guy, Jammer, that's God. And Adama's like, oh, that's a Deccan, right? Yeah. <laughs> it just, something about it made me go, like, does he even, like, know? Like, he obviously he knows who these people are, but they're, I mean, it would make sense that they're not as, you know, uh, he doesn't have the same relationship we the viewer does, uh, but it just was kind of funny. It was kind of like, man, he doesn't, he doesn't know who the, he doesn't know who these people are <laughs> on his ship. I mean, if he didn't know, he wouldn't be able to say it's deckhand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just the way he's like a deckhand. He was like a deckhand, right? <laughs> yeah. What I found funnier was I just saw him yesterday. Yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that was yesterday, not today. <laughs> what I'm yeah. saying is, since you saw him. He has vanished. Listen, I'm buried in paperwork, okay? <laughs> I'm tired. I'm looking at a bunch of my papers with the corridors cut off. <laughs> I have a lot to do. There's scrolls piled up behind me. It's a lot of work. I just pulled off this maneuver that basically broke my ship apart. You've been jump roping for three days. Like, There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I can't keep track of the deckhand. <laughs> so now we have this scene, which I hate. Uh, Gaeta enters the mess hall to eat and ends up sitting alone because people are giving him really dirty looks. Starbucks sees him and goes over to sit with him. And when I first watched this, and every time I watched it, I had these high hopes at the beginning of like, oh, thank you, Starbuck, for being a nice person. And she starts out being nice. Oh, how are you doing? And he returns the question, saying that he heard what she'd gone through down there. And she says she doesn't want to talk about that, but then uses it to turn on him and accuses him of doing Baltar's dirty work for him and never thinking about what was happening to her. And he's like, I didn't know that that had happened. I, I didn't know about it. And defends himself that he was serving the legal president of the colonies and he didn't know what else he could do. And he... He thought when the Cylons landed that he could help from the inside. And he tells her about the dog bowl and the dead drops. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're a fracking hero, Felix. And she's so mean to him. And he just, like, gets up and leaves. And I just, oh, I felt so bad. Yeah, I I wrote in my notes, I was like, Kara is so wrong for this. And yeah. then I wrote, she's as petty. I said, she's as petty as I am, though. <laughs> So it's like I can kind of I mean, I understand, you know, I understand where she's coming from, um, but she's definitely wrong for it. And like, you know, I'm 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 super petty. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I would probably be trying to get my shots in also. Well, I think because that's what would feel good for me. I think it's interesting that, you know, when we first meet Starbuck and Ty, they are very antagonistic to each other you know they play that card game and and he bark, 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 bark at her and she punches him <laughs> in the face and he gets yeah. put in the brig and they're always butting heads but here they are both of them jumping to conclusions about somebody that they have both known for a really long time not giving him the benefit of the doubt not giving him a chance to you know, even here when he says, like, his reasons for why he stayed at Colonial 
one, why he stayed with Baltar, because he thought that he could make a difference from the inside. It's like she doesn't believe him at all. Like, she thinks he's just making this up to make himself feel better or justify what he did. Because from her perspective, she's been held captive for four months. He did nothing to stop anything. Everybody's acting like Gaeta could have, on his own, turned the tide for this occupation. I mean, he's one guy who was sort of trapped as much as they all yeah. were. And, you know, we know, put himself more at risk than a lot of people because he was he was in the room with them. He was hearing their plans and sneaking off information to help the resistance. He was risking his yeah. life. Yeah. But again, like you said, like we know that. Right. Uh, but everybody else from their perspective, even if they, they're kind of giving him, even if they gave him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, it's sort of like we're all suffering out here while you're in like your you're in colonial one like yeah with with running water and you know you know what i mean yeah and there's like there's there's kind of like that element to it i think a little bit also um never underestimate the power of wanting to get your pound of flesh yeah is basically where i think that that a lot of what this episode is is about and just another last little bit like this is this episode and this scene and also the scene a little bit later with uh, Anders really kind of like gets to the psychology of, of Starbuck, I think. Um, kind of just like who she is all the time. Um, and she just, especially with Anders a little bit later, it's like she, it's almost like she just can't be happy and she wants to hurt people. And, you know, and um, but that's born out of obviously like some sense of not feeling like she deserves to be loved or anything mm -hmm. like that. And so she kind of creates chaos. And so in this instance with, uh, with Felix, uh, she definitely <laughs> starts out kind acting kind. Um, but then immediately like turns on the screws mm -hmm. and is super petty about it. Yeah. Because it feels good to hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. That's what they say. Yeah. I guess. All right. Back to the base star. Caprica visits Baltar. She tells him that she needs her feelings for him to stop. It's clouded her judgment and has caused her to turn on a sister Cylon. And it's all for nothing. She's a Cylon. And he tells her that she's more than a machine. She's a person. She's a woman. And she's in love with him. He's the only one who can make it better. She needs him. She leaves. And he repeats that she needs him. And then he says, yeah. And I need you. I need you. <laughs> and the centurion looks at him very judgmentally. And he mumbles that he probably should have started with that last part. Yeah. Guy is such an idiot. Because yeah. yeah, if he had been like, I need you. I love you. Not you love me. You're not going to hurt me because you love me. That's why you stopped them from shooting me in the head. And you took a bullet yourself. Like, no. Nope. It's, it's all about him. 
not about her. Right. It's like it's like he realizes it after he, but not because he felt it, but just like sort of like, oh, yeah. If uh, to get the effect that I want wanted, I should have said this first, not that I actually need you or you need me. I just should have said this better so that I could be saved. Yeah. Like maybe I would be in less, maybe I'd have the support of the sixes if I had said, I love you. Mm-hmm. Not you love me. <laughs> yeah. Such... And that's, that's, that's Baltar. <laughs> such an idiot. Such, oh, man. such an idiot. Love that guy. I like how she's like, She's kind of having this, like, come to, like, no pun intended, come to Jesus or come to the true one God moment where she's just kind of like, um, like, do I rededicate myself back to the Cylon idea Yeah, uh, that I, I found myself astray? It's kind of like how, like, Tom Cruise went, went astray a little bit when he met Nicole Kidman and then he had to, like, ax that and he doubled down on Scientology after that. It's just sort of like... It's- Oh, I would. That's the impression you got. Yeah. Mm. I, 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 I don't know. Have you seen that picture of her after she's leaving her divorce lawyer's office after the papers were signed? Uh, no. Oh my god, she is like elated walking through the parking lot. On the day where she signed her divorce papers, that woman was held captive and was finally yeah. let free. Yeah, I get. I mean, I sort of. Yeah, I don't want to get. But like <laughs> I, the, the the story sort of the story sort of is is that like the he it was that whole thing was looked down upon anyway, and she like he kind of got away from it a little bit, but then in the in the midst of that relationship, he like that relationship was forced out. And then once he came through it, he was like, he was like all in. Um, yeah. But you know, it's like conjecture, neither here nor there. All I know is uh, Sarah Dean sent me, uh, just posted a picture on Facebook with uh, Nicole Kidman, and it's a magical place from the AMC theaters uh, <laughs> thing. That I, she gaslights me every time I go see a movie. <laughs> uh, every time. Sarah might uh, be a Cylon. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> like, like, uh, no, this is not a magical place, ma'am. Uh, <laughs> Jurassic World was not a magical movie. The <laughs> oh, it's every time. <laughs> so Ty brings Starbuck to the circle, and they all explain what they're doing. Starbuck questions whether it's legal, and Chief says it is. Celix gives her Gata's death order, and they repeat their reasons why they think Gata is guilty. Starbuck reluctantly agrees, and then it's down to Chief again. And then Sam comes in to see Starbuck, and Ty is like, What are you doing here, Sam? You can leave. And he says he wants to talk to his wife, and so Ty tells her to go ahead. They already have her vote. So out in the hallway or some big room or whatever, Anders tells her that he quit the circle because he wants to stop killing people, as we discussed earlier. And she says that she needs this. He asks if throwing people out the airlock will make her feel any better about herself because none of those people locked her in that room. And she's like, well, they'll do. 
and he can get with it or get lost. And he asks her if that's what she wants is for him to leave. Uh, yes, Sam. <laughs> She's been trying to Run. get you to leave since she got you back. Since the day she got you back. She's been trying to get you to leave. Mm-hmm. And we and we know really why we'll find out, yeah. but we we know really why you're even the the husband. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. Back with the circle, Ty pushes Chief on the Gata vote. He talks about how he killed Ellen because she collaborated and he liked her a lot more than he likes Gata. <laughs> That's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just real quick, I like uh, you know I paused it because they they were showing like I wanted to read like the executive order and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and um, it was just kind of interesting to me. So he like you know first of all I thought it was interesting that they that they this was two thousand six I think and so they were like making like, two thousand seven so it's like a, before executive orders were made um, in vogue by uh, Obama, um, but then there was uh, the on the death list, I they actually I was reading the names on there. You, obviously, you see Laura Rosalind and her um, her her occupation is teacher. There's like uh, some character was like an entertainer, which I thought was interesting. There was a doctor, but then they have Tom Zarek there. It's kind of towards the bottom, and my eyes went across to the occupation, and I saw a botanist. And I was like, wait, what? I thought that was hilarious. But no, I was like, because the way the paper was crumpled, mm. it made it not line up. So he was actually listed as a detainee. But it was actually interesting just to kind of like, they all had like ID numbers also, which was kind of, you know, gives that mm. sense of, so, of so you know. Nazi of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but just it, it, it put a face on this for me even you know even you already get it before but pausing it to actually look at the names was pretty pretty interesting and like the fact that there was an entertainer i i feel like there should be a whole like the the plan miniseries should have focused on that guy whoever he was <laughs> you know it's like a like a mata hari kind of character spy like going into places as an entertainer and, and singing songs and and poisoning people or something <laughs> <laughs> uh, infecting them with some kind of virus yeah <laughs> um so now starbucks tries to explain to sam where she's at she's not herself and when she looks at him she wants to hurt him so he should leave before she does that now i appreciate that she's being honest she needs to explain to him why, like what she went through and why she, but also I feel like she needs to explain it to us. Like we know Starbuck and we know that she's self-destructive and she won't allow herself to be happy. Like you said, but we also know she's been through a trauma. She's been held captive and gaslit into thinking that this child was created from her stolen ovary which we don't even know that they actually stole uh, we can assume because she has a scar but we don't know um, she's been through a lot but she should be explaining why she wants to hurt even her husband 
or especially her husband. Maybe she blames him for not finding her sooner. Like, say something to him other than, I want to, I look at you and I want to hurt you. So it's interesting you you bring that up in that, in the way you do, because uh, there was, I think there was, uh, I don't know if it was shot or if it was just written uh, originally, where they actually had a bunch of sequences of of the impact that it had on on Starbucks. So it was like waking up from nightmares and showing the sequences and that kind of stuff in the nightmares to kind of show you mm. that she was actually struggling or dealing with whatever. And I, I can't really recall like why they they dropped them, but I think the it's it was interesting listening to them talk about like the first draft of this episode versus how it, it played out, and even they shot it a different way. Um, and, uh, and then in editing, it changed even more. So like the, for instance, the sequence that we're just discussing now, um, like it was star Starbuck left and then came back and cast her vote, how it was written, but the way they edit it, she cast her vote and then, um, leaves and just never comes back. And so... Wait, no, I said that a little bit wrong. But she casts her vote, leaves, and comes back. But in this one, she just walks off. And um, it was just a, a decision. That was a decision because it just seemed like it had the scene had more energy that way than if she came back and leaving that, uh, leaving her relationship with Sam kind of carried a little bit more weight on the vote later so that it just kind of dropped the energy. Mm. So like it's like uh, it's so what you're saying is actually interesting because I do think that there was an intention um, at some point (laughs) somewhere to show, uh, but it just didn't it didn't end up making the final, you know, final interpretation. There Uh, is a deleted scene um, between her and Sam. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Sitting in the pilot's ready room and Mm -hmm. he's like. I thought you weren't going to go back to flying. And she's like, it's all I know. And there's like the indication that they've had a conversation and probably the conversations were had on New Caprica, not since New Caprica that like Mm -hmm. she's, you know, obviously done with flying and whatever. And I don't need to go back to that. And not that I could, I'm not up on the Galactica. I'm like, but now that she's back, like, this is what she does. This is what she knows. She's going to go back to being a pilot. And how sort of sad he seems. Maybe not that she's going to go back to flying, but that it wasn't discussed with him at all. Mm-hmm. That was the impression that I got from it. And it's kind of a long scene, not as long as the one between Adama and Kat from two episodes ago. But... um it's a good scene and but it's also it i feel like it doesn't it doesn't show the rift between them quite as much other than he tries mm-hmm. to hold her hand and she pulls her hand away or no yeah. she goes to she goes to take she goes to touch him and he gets up and walks away so it it uh-huh. almost like puts it shows that there's this rift between them but it's not as emotionally like devastating to sam later if we see that like she was trying to connect and he left Mm -hmm. like this is more that like she has been pulling away from him for the last three days no matter what kind of connection he's trying to make with her 
Yeah, and 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 not to be lost on and everything like uh you know dumping on her I was dumping on her just a little bit um earlier but you know and I I think about just how like yucky her experience um on New Caprica was she she's just was used. Yeah. You know, and it just when you actually really think about what she had to go through it's probably the most distasteful of every experience Absolutely. of everyone like, else but i don't i don't blame her for how she's feeling she is you know mm-hmm. she was held captive for 4 months she was forced to kill this guy over and over again and he kept coming back she, and then and then at the end with the kid you know gambit it all really fucked her up. It's. I thought you meant, when you said that, I thought you meant this kid Gambit, uh, uh, not no. this kid, comma, Gambit. I was like, wait a minute. The, Is this Gambit's origin story? The Gambit of this show, the <laughs> Gambit that, that Leobin played on bringing in this, this little child. There's no doubt that she has been psychologically tortured for four months. And, yeah. and you don't just bounce back from that. I'm not mad at her for how she, you know, she has to find a way to deal with all of this stuff. I just feel bad for Sam because, yes, it is easier to take out your anger on the person closest to you, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 also, you know, to be you know, to go back to like the nature of Starbuck though, she's being true to who she was. Cause she like was that before, yeah. right? She was that destructive person before again, we'll find out in a few more episodes yeah. or whatever, however long it takes to get there. Like how uh, I care. I remember when I watched that episode, I was like, Holy, <laughs> that was so wrong. But, um, so that's just kind of, so she's handling it the way that she would handle it. So it's like, we understand the choice that she's making, but also she's doing it in that way that she, it, like, if it was somebody else, it would be more warm, right? It would be more, I went through some stuff and I need some time, but she's just like, no, I'm gonna hurt you. Well, and- to, yes, but to her credit, she does say, I want to hurt people. It might as well be you. So you yeah. should leave before I do that. Like before yeah. I do something that is just so irreparable, you should go. So just to jump yeah. ahead, because then we're going to get into the Gata stuff. Um, he gives her back her dog tags and goes to walk away. And she stops him and, and kisses him, like kisses him goodbye. And I truly... Starbuck is a, a fucked up person. I do yeah. think she loves him, but I don't think that she knows how to allow herself to be loved. And that this is probably the kindest thing that she's done for Anders is making him leave. Making him leave and then giving him mixed signals. Well, as she, I mean, as but she, she, she loves leaves. him. So like, she's not doing this because she doesn't love him. I think she's, She's pushing him away yeah. because she does love him. She just doesn't know how to how to rely on anybody or trust anybody to help her through anything. 
Yeah, I, I, I just I, I dropped that mixed signals in there just because it's like, again, it, it's sort of two things. One, it's sort of like what how she is, right? Like it, it points to that self-destructive codependent kind of thing that she even has with Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second part is, is that someone I was really into and they broke up with me, they did the same thing. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm having PTSD oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, uh, we should break up and then kisses me. I'm like, what are you doing? And then goes away. I've never had uh, someone break up with me and, and kiss me goodbye. <laughs> I've all, it's all been pretty clean breaks. Yeah. Um. Anyway, anyway. I'm petty, though, so I hold on to things. <laughs> I am. I am not all that petty. I'm, I'm petty uh, against people I really, really really hate and otherwise mm-hmm. i don't have the energy for it yeah anyway they scoop gata up after peer pressuring chief into voting guilty they Celix and connor grab gata and punch him and stuff his mouth with the thing and tape it up and then drag him into the airlock and he's read his charges Celix tells him to speak if he has anything to say in his defense chief urges him to talk and he won't he says he's not going to beg and then Starbucks basically yells at him to beg to beg and she says tell him how you are actually working for the resistance the entire time tell him how the important information that or tell him about the important information you were giving up tell them about all the messages and the dog bowl and everything else and it's almost like she's accusing him of lying to her about all of that stuff i mean almost yeah i think that's you think that's exactly what, what she's it, doing yeah like she she's the way that i mean even you kind of think about it like we saw him do all those things but i mean yeah i kicked this dog bowl <laughs> and, and these secret messages were passed along you know it just like it kind of like would you really believe that you know, yeah. and it's it, it, yeah. So she like it's almost like she doesn't really believe that, and it's kind of mocking it. Yeah, and and it just happened to be the actual honest truth of what happened. Yeah. So Chief hears dog bowl, and he's like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on. What was that about dog bowl?" And Gata's like, "Well, there was this dog bowl. I would turn it over, and I would leave messages in the garbage dump. Which calling this a garbage dump? It, I mean, it was a toolbox. Whatever." Um, <clears throat> and Chief confirms this, and then he's like. Here's your source, Colonel. He's the reason we were able to coordinate with Adama and get off of the planet. And they all just, like, realize that that is true. And Gaeta stands up, like, Chief cuts the zip tie, and he says that he did what he could. He didn't know what else he could have done. And they let him walk away, and everybody looks really devastated because they almost killed somebody who they would all be dead if he hadn't done what he did. Mm-hmm. They would all yeah. be dead. I was so stressed on this episode. I know. I thought <laughs> when for I, when sure I they first time I watched him. it, oh man, I was so stressed. <laughs> I was like, not not Alessandro Giuliani. He's so beautiful. Please don't kill him. <laughs> not. We'll have some time for that later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Gata. Okay, that's he's in an episode of Percy Jackson, really, really small role. Oh, is he? Yeah, in uh-huh. the fourth episode, the most recent one that I watched. Yeah, he's 
Scott Rose okay. role, but I was like, oh, Gita. So happy to see him. I have to get into that. He was in Man of Steel. Uh, yeah, I looked him up on IMDb after seeing him in Percy Jackson to see, like, what else has he been doing? And he's he's yeah. been working fairly steadily. I mean, if you're not already watching Percy Jackson, don't watch it because I said he's in it. He's in it for, like, two scenes. He's not, like, one of the gods or anything. He's not there for long. Yeah. But it was it's always nice to see anyone from Battlestar. Yeah, it's nice to see. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so we go to Colonial One. And Adama and Rosalind are confronting Zarek about the order he gave to execute collaborators. How did they find out about this order? Did Adama go digging? Did Ty fess up? Yeah, you know, there is a whole discussion, and I'll talk about it a little bit. I don't know, I guess I'll talk about it now, but um, so again, as scripted, it ties a lot into the idea that you were talking about, about the. Um, the uh, resistance leaders being uh, maybe or maybe not being like these final five. And I noticed in this, in this circle that like Tori was absent from it. Yeah. And originally, and I think this is, I think this was actually shot because the scene at the end of the previous episode was actually in this one and they cut it and moved like move stuff around. But she was the one that was passing along information to Zarek, who was sending it to the circle. And oh. so she, yeah, so she actually, because I, I think that there were like, uh, there was like a photo that, um, I think the photo that was in of that woman when they, she, they were like, oh, we're going to execute her or whatever. And she's on another ship. Um, I think, I think, I get, I might be wrong, but I think that was like someone that like Laura was looking at in a previous episode or something in her little files of, of uh, the um, either, it was either that or like some, another shot with Tori looking at it or something. But anyway, so that's kind of how, like, is at the end of the previous episode, remember when she's like, I'm so sorry for letting Maya die. Yeah. And I guess right after that they cut it, but she was also like, I feel so like, I'm guilty. I'm the one that let them know about this or whatever. Um, so that was, but that's how, that's how. Okay. And they just, through editing, they just kind of like, I guess, glance over it. Well, having Tori be a part of it would have actually been better in a way, but because Tori makes everything better. You don't have to <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I know. I was trying not you to do it this so episode. Much. <laughs> I was actually going to be quiet. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I know it probably sounds real creepy. <laughs> I also love Tori. But I can't help mm -hmm. it. So Zarek says that it was all legal. And he gives his reasons and says that there was no, no way that Rosalind wanted to spend the next several years dealing with this and being known as the executioner in chief, which... Yeah, he's he's not wrong, and, you know, and, and he says, like, it'd be these long, drawn-out trials, and she's like, everybody deserves to be, to have a defense and whatever, but it's like, this would consume your entire presidency, trying every single one of these people. Yeah. This whole sequence is actually really, really interesting on a, like, on a surf on the surface level, 
than what he's saying, uh, but then also cause, like what we know about Tom Zerk. And then also, having watched the show, we actually know all the things that he's actually saying is true. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like having a trial is going to tear people apart. Um, but he, it's interesting how he's sort of like, as president, he is exacting revenge on it's it's kind of complicated, but it's sort of like it's sort of like he's exacting revenge because he was he was in the position of say the resistance in his mind anyway, um, back when they were on Caprica, right, or Toron, wherever wherever he, whatever colony he was when he blew up the building, right, right. So in his mind, it's like I was justified, and so it's almost like he's taking his revenge on the people that put him in jail in a way in a, in like a sense so it's like it's interesting to see how he's the one that does this mm-hmm. but also he's a really like as as foul as he can be he's also very savvy and he knows about he knows how human beings are and what they would do and how they react like same thing with the black market like i hope that means that this episode doesn't get cut somehow because i mentioned it but <laughs> <laughs> but like he just he understands that again human nature yeah. like there's gonna be this thing that's gonna happen so he doesn't like you know and you know and it, it, it now that i say this it'll be interesting if that sort of like holds up i don't know if it does when we get to the season four episode that features him um but yeah so it's like it's like he's exacting revenge against the people he was sentenced for <laughs> For for doing, you know, sort of like some, and it, obviously it's not the same. Um, and but he also shows us what, like, literally, he's telling us what will happen at the end of the season. Yeah. Um. So it's like Tom's gonna Tom, mm-hmm. but he also is showing us like lots of different different sides. This is why he's like he's such an interesting. Again, I think I said this, you know, in other episodes. But he's such an interesting character, and I can never kind of get a read on him, which. I, I like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's very morally gray. Yeah. So Rosalind is sworn in and her first order of business is to grant a blanket pardon to every single person in the fleet. Clean slate. Doesn't matter what you did on New Caprica or what you didn't do. Everybody gets to start over. And Adama leads a clap. Everybody cheers that she's their president again. I love when he does that clap for her, <laughs> and he does it in other and like when she, when they came back on the when they got back to the fleet in the season two, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he does that like authoritative clap, like you all are going to <laughs> support her. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like you know, again, it's like masterclass Edward James Olmos mm-hmm. acting, you know. Yeah. Yep. And then at the end, we have Gaeta eating alone again, but this time Chief sits with him. Neither of them say anything. They just kind of look at each other, and then they eat together in silence. The end. It's the uh, the Mia Copal meal. The Chief Mia Copal meal. How so? He's just like, yeah. Uh, he's just like, he, like when he sits down, he's kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess you were right. <laughs> He doesn't, like, express it. They just sit there, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. but also, like, you know, we're in this together. 
Yeah. Yeah, we were we were working together this whole time, didn't know it. One thing I noticed when uh when Ty is putting his uh his he's putting Ellen's dress, hanging Ellen's dress up, whatever oh, yeah. in the background, there's that like uh um the Viper I guess it's the Viper Squadron he was with. It was called the Vigilantes. It was like interesting placement. I don't know how intentional that was, uh, but it just was kind of like, you know, interesting because that's basically what he was enacting in, in this episode. Hmm. I did not notice that. Okay. Was Baltar the worst this week? I mean, he wasn't my favorite, but he, I'm not going to say he was the worst because he just, you, you know, even, even he has those couple moments. He's just kind of sitting there for the most part. He's going to have plenty of time to be worse later. Yeah. So. I, I said pretty close because of the whole, you need me. You need, I, I mean, I need you. Right. But, right. That's also just typical Baltar. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily going to judge. I'm not necessarily necessarily going to judge him for his dream, even though that was out of <laughs> pocket. Also, who gets full colors? Um, God, I will give full. And you know what? I'm going to give full colors to Gata. Actually, that's who I put. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who would you throw out the airlock? <laughs> Jammer. Yeah, Jammer. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Uh, literally <laughs> yeah he 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 yeah yeah jammer and this week's favorite cylon um i mean caprica six yeah i think yeah that's what i said too caprica we're gonna have a lot more opportunity to have favorite cylons from here on out yeah <laughs> yes i don't know if we have an episode without them from here on out so <laughs> Last week's episode was, um, I think, I think what I read was it was the last time that we'll see all twelve models in one episode in the same episode. Mm. Okay. Uh, do we have any new reviews? No, we don't. Okay. But we know you're listening, and thank you for that. Yes. We really appreciate it. We do. Um, but if you can let us know, because our at least my ego is as fragile as Gaius Baltar's, and I need the adoration. So, it just let us I, let us know because you, we we want to know how you how you feel about the show. You know, you love us. I love you. I should have started with I love yeah, you. Yeah, you should have. Good job, Baltar. And now they're all gonna walk Good away job. from us. Yeah, I'm petty, and my ego is <laughs> super huge. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, at the Armageddon, um, the uh, another review you didn't ask for. I just did, and uh, I just reviewed the Beekeeper. Um, Is that the Jason which, Statham uh, thing? Yeah, apparently everyone loves this movie, and I think it's awful. <laughs> I don't even. And know I what like it is. bad movies. Yeah, I just like someone to like every once in a while someone actually. I wasn't planning on seeing it. Someone was like, oh, you need to go see it. And I went and saw it. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> Anyways, I did that. I did that episode. I just recently did that one. Um, and uh, First Noel Chronicles. And um, we're looking to get uh, some video uh, 
uh, versions of our podcast up on YouTube. So hopefully by the time this airs, that will we'll have the first of way back, way, way back when we did uh, the miniseries. And I'll be posting those as we move along in time. Yes, but when you say video, it does not mean video of us. Yeah, it's not video of us. It's just, uh, you know, some people like are more prone to be using uh, YouTube. Yeah. And yeah, this is like it's the it's an it's just the audio, but I have like some graphics up there and it's just something that you can play in the background if, if so, if you so choose. Okay, that's cool. I will get that uh, email situation worked out so you can do that. Yes. Uh, speaking of email, if you want to email us your thoughts, please do at galacticactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Instagram at galacticactually. Uh, I am on Instagram at oh, hey, Jamie, And my past podcasting work can be found on the Unspoiled Network. next week what's next week's episode it's so funny i actually had to look it up because i don't remember next week's episode and then i saw the episode i have no idea what happens in it but it's called torn there is a there's a picture of Hilo and uh sharon on the on the like the imdb cover photo so i could i could i don't even know which is uh, it's actually funny because, like, yeah, season three's episodes are get really muddy for me. Like, I remember, like, you know, some there's some standouts. I remember, like, the the what's his name bulldog episode, and mm-hmm. obviously the cat cat episode. And then, but then when we get towards the end of the season with the algae planet, that's kind of that's probably for me is like the weakest of the mid season um, breaks. Um, and then, and then I just sort of like in, in bulk, I remember the end of season three with the the trial and like kind of leading up to the final five but i can't really point out very many like specific episodes and some of them might even happen in season four and i just don't remember like the fisher king no fisher queen the (laughs) The woman king the woman king yeah like was that season three or four that's season three that's season three yeah see Uh, yeah so it's like i don't even at some point i just start to lose lose track um uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just sort of like there's a large tapestry of episodes that kind of everything blends in for me. So I don't really know what Torn is, and I'm going to find out uh, tomorrow when I watch it. I just looked it up, and so I remember. But, yeah, Torn, next week. Um, Any last words? No. Uh, like again, I just thought that that was a really great uh, epilogue to the new Caprica um like a like a fine point to it even though the ra- you know the ramifications are going to be playing out over you know over time especially like with Ty but um yeah and now we can kind of like move on to our next phase yeah. of Battlestar Galactica which is like for me it's like the Cylon looking into like the Cylons and their philosophy and how that ultimately will dovetail into season four All right. Well, until then, what do you hear? Because it's raining outside, nothing but the rain. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See ya.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 